Cyril. What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Dog. I am joined by Patch. Patch, how are you? Dog, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We've got the second, you know, more practice games out of the way um, and ready for the real stuff to start next week for the Bombers uh, for the real deal. But other than that, I'm, I'm all right. How are you? Fantastic. Top of the world. Blues 2-0, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. a very good weekend again, I think, up against Hawthorne. Looking forward to that game a lot. But let's talk Supercoach because this is the most, probably the most important round of the year for, oh, for coaches out there. Absolutely. You only get one shot at round three to create all of the hideous mistakes you've made in your ugly, terrible, awful Supercoach team. And this is the best chance we get with three trades. It's trade boost time. There should be pretty much no one who's not using three trades this week, unless you're coming first in Supercoach. Well, of course. And even then, you're probably using three. For those who don't know, you can use a trade boost this season. You get five opportunities to hit that trade boost button on the home screen or on the home page of the app. You hit that, you get an extra trade for the week. It comes out of your total 35 for the year. We can only use it five times. I imagine you're using it this week. In the buy rounds, and then when the inevitable COVID round happens, patch. Indeed. Well, I think I think there's argument that in the buy rounds you already get the three regular ones, so it'd be four during the buy rounds. Don't think you're using four every week, but anyway, we'll we'll burn that bridge when we look to cross it. Burn it, we will. Let's talk about our own teams for a second. I yeah. once again yeah. have probably had my highest round two score of all time, and I plummeted again in the ranks. But that's all right; it's a long season. Mm. I want to name one player that I was really happy with, and I mean it's it's hard to choose one because obviously guys like Jaden Short and George Hewitt all performed. But I think for me, it was. Jordan Ridley bouncing back patch, your man, 102 super coach points. That's probably what I expect him to score most weeks, but it was nice to know that I held the faith last week after a very poor score and he and he rewarded me with a 102. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it was nice to see him bounce back and he looked, especially in that early in that first quarter, he spent a little bit of time manning Joe Danaher, which I could see from my spot in the bleachers, uh, but you know, had that that loose role for for chunks of the game. Took intercept marks. Looked like the Jordan Ridley of old. I say about a twenty three year old player that has just played his fiftieth game. Well, that's the surprising thing. I didn't realize until they posted it, or someone posted it on Twitter, that it was his fiftieth game. And it, geez, we're harsh on a guy who's only played fifty games. Patch. I'd like to get someone that you're happy with. From I'm your happy with the only thing that I was happy with out of Saturday evening's Brisbane and Essendon game was coming away from that game and discovering that I had accidentally forgotten to take Jack McRae's loophole and instead left the captaincy on Lachlan Neal, who scored 198 supercoach points. That is, uh, I think that might just be your subconscious coming through, knowing what was going to happen. Um, or I was just very busy on Friday and forgot 
um, because I'm an absent-minded airhead. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I I like your exam. I like your description. We're gonna go with that. Um, it's my subconscious being smart and not very dumb. But hey, it I it doesn't matter how it happened. It happened, and I got those sweet sweet super coach points uh, from very good game of football. This kid could be something one day. My disappointment patch for the week, my disappointment was Taron Thomas. And it's upsetting because he was actually playing the role that I I was expecting him to play. He had 10 disposals and a goal. He was playing through the midfield. He was looking reasonably dangerous early in that game. And then on the at the end of the uh, second quarter, went to smother a kick. I think it was Witherden and got kicked in the ribs and did not get up again. Went to hospital. He's a forced trade, but it's annoying because obviously played really badly last week and then finally was doing what I wanted him to do and, yeah, only played half a game of footy. So less than half a game of footy, 38% game time. So disappointing for me, but uh, happy to use him as an opportunity to corrective trade this week. What about you? Um, Well, I mean, if I were a professional footballer, I would simply not smother a football with my heart. I might smother it with, <laughs> with a slightly less valuable part of my body, but that's why I'm not a professional footballer, I guess. Um, I guess, sure. Um, oh, look, there are two that I was kind of, you know, a little bit annoyed with uh, for various reasons. One, Mitch McGovern reverted to what I feared he would always be um, and scored 40. So we will no doubt talk about that later on in the pod, uh, but that was a bit of a letdown to start. The week and Lockie Whitfield as well. I was really hoping he would bounce back alongside Ridley and Crisp, um, and he didn't. And that's really annoying. He's now averaging seventy-one point five. Has scored seventy-three and seventy, if my quick maths is correct. Um, it sounds correct to me. Which isn't great for someone I paid five hundred k for. But but yeah, we digress. I still scored two thousand three hundred, which is fine. Um, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's push forward because we will talk about these players later in the pod. The first thing we're going to do, Patch, yeah. is just quickly fly through the games. We're going to look at old faithful fan footy, go through the injuries because these are essentially going to be the forced trades that we have to make this week. And yeah, these are uh, these are the priority trades of before you look at anything else, before you look at your underperforming premiums, your rookies, your whatnot. Go for through the injury trades. That's that's the priority. I don't care if you're scared about Max Gorn losing cash as opposed to, you know, Taron Thomas taking up a zero. You trade the injured played for injured players first. That's just what you do. Yeah, of course, injured players come out for the Bulldogs. V Carlton. Uh, there wasn't anything too super coach relevant. Norton got injured, unlikely to play. Crozier came out with. Uh, did he have heart palpitations? I believe that was what he had. And Oscar McDonald which I think is part of the factor in Mitch McGovern's score, went down with injury um, relatively early in the game there. Um, Bailey Smith looks like he will come back for the dog. So if you're Bailey Smith owner, hold on to him. Yeah, uh, obviously that Mitch Mc, uh, Oscar McDonald will be, a lot of people will have him. So you've, you've just got to make do. You've just got to trade him out. I um, was really <laughs> hoping for some reliable football from, from the big O, but unfortunately it's not going to happen. And we'll look at, uh, you know, that's the question everyone slips. We'll look at some options for you later on in the pod. Well, the good news is if you are an owner of Oscar McDonald, you can trade to um, 
to Lewis Young next week, who looks likely to replace him if he doesn't get up. So we, you can get another we, key position. Do we get defender in Brody Kemp? Maybe do we use he a chance at all? I would. I suspect that they will be looking at someone who can play taller and sort of let Mitch McGovern uh, be released to that more floating role. I don't think Kemp does that. I think Young does that. Plowman maybe does that. It just sort of depends on matchups. Anyway, we're getting too stuck into the first game when we were going to fly yes, through these. Yes, I'm of course sorry. we are. I'm sorry. Uh, nothing from, in the next game. Looked like there no, was no nothing injuries. relevant. Um, maybe some form issues, but no injuries, no forced trades there. The Sloan Dog for the Crows uh, did his did what did he do? Right quad. Um, quad was iced up late in the game, so if he misses. The, the, I mean, they said Laird was a chance to play this week, so maybe he comes back in, and I think it's a good opportunity for Ben Keys, who was identified by Mardo on the website all preseason, uh, to continue doing what he's doing because he is averaging about 135 right now. Yeah, he goes right. That's a, that's a high number. That's a high number. Nathan Kruger for the Pies after uh, getting suspended while knocking himself out in the preseason. Uh, yeah, hurt his shoulder. Um, and don't know how severe that is just looking at this, but subbed off, um, not many would have started him anyway. Yeah, we should note that we record the pod before all the injury reports drop, which is why we're going off Old Faithful Fan Footy. Probably the worst news of the of the round patch was Zach Merritt as <sighs> effectively at the end of the game. Like I didn't mm. I didn't actually see when it happened. Yeah, with a couple of Syndesmosis. Six to eight weeks, still managed 117 points if you started him. And Jeezy was a sexy-looking pod. But he is out, and he is an absolute must-trade patch. I don't I don't want to talk about it. I, I can't. I can't. You're going to need to do this bit on your own. I can't. I just can't, like. I think the biggest concern potentially is what happens to Darcy Parrish if you own him. Maybe he starts to get tagged because I don't think they've got us like for like <laughs> to come in and play Zach Merritt's role. Like, is it Dylan Shield? Is it Ben Hobbs? Or they're not. They're very no. much different players. No, honestly, it could be Nick Martin um, because I would have put Carl Lankford towards the top of that list of players that can use the ball pretty well. Um, and Lankford's missing, and Nick Martin would be next in line there. Um, may, like maybe a Mason Redmond flies up the ground a little bit more. Um, None of these names excite me. Yeah, no, none of them you'd be players you'd be looking at in a classic and even in a super, like even in a draft, you'd be struggling to to justify bringing any of these players in. Um, I think it's good news for Nick Martin when he gets back this week, but outside of that, it's just bad for Supercoach, it's bad for Essendon, it's bad for the world, honestly, because a world in which Zach Merritt is not playing football is not a world I wish to live in. Well, let's push forward to the next game because I think that's all the Supercoach relevant. This one isn't relevant, but I just wanted to point out that Trent McKenzie, whose leg literally snapped off his body last week, still went out to play and ended up getting injured again. Shock, horror. Chadley Wingardius third was subbed off uh, after kicking two goals, I would argue, because he wasn't wearing sleeves. Yep, rightfully so. Um, he's given us a flash of it and then he's disappointed and honestly there's no greater betrayal um than than deciding not to wear sleeves after finally being let loose and you know i said some nice things about him 
when he was wearing sleeves, and I take them all back. All right, let's quickly push on through these remaining injuries. There wasn't anything major out of Gold Coast v Melbourne. We look at the North Melbourne v West Coast. There's about 6,000 injuries for North Melbourne. Taron Thomas, as we mentioned, he'll be a trade. Davis, Davies, Davies Uniac also will be out for 12 days, I think, with concussion protocol. So he might be a hold if you have him, but, geez, if you're going to get rid of him, this is the week to do it. Yeah, well, he dislocated his shoulder as well, apparently, which, uh, not a doctor, doesn't sound fun. And then there was a bunch of injuries in the Richmond Western uh, Western Sydney game. But oh, there you is think, no you've one. forgotten Braden Ainsworth from the West Coast Eagles, the most fantasy yep. relevant player in the world. No, skipped him, saw him, skipped him. <laughs> um, Richmond GWS, there was a bunch of injuries. None of them really super coach relevant, although I've seen quite a few people pointing out that Whitfield looked pretty hobbled and had copped an injury the week before as well, which I don't think we noted on last week. So just something to consider um, and something that I'm slightly worried about. But then here's an even bigger one, Patch. Oh, boy, People, literally and metaphorically. This is a tough one because this this will lead in. We might even – do we lean in now to the to the ruck conversation? Yeah, yeah, we're going Sean Darcy goes down. He scores 72 super coach points. Coaches who started him – would have had uh, like a Hayes on the bench gone, I'll take the Hayes too, I'll keep him. He can play next week. That's fine. Now he's injured. Don't know what the extent of that injury is, but it looks like he's going to miss some time. I think they released a, an injury report before and they said that he's at least going to miss next week. That's not good. The ruck line isn't very good. No. The ruck line's the forward line. It's, it is. It's the poor man's forward line, and we are all poor men on this blessed day. Um, it's so, real bleak. Real Patch, bleak. Sean Darcy owners, we I would say that's pretty close to a force trade. Unless you think you can hold on to Hayes for a few weeks and he p- keeps pumping out 70s. Max Gorn is also one of the most traded out players mm. this round after averaging 90 from the first two games with Luke Jackson looking particularly good. My question to you, because everyone is saying we have to trade these guys... Who the hell are we trading them to? Well, that's that's the question, isn't it? That's the very, very difficult and, uh, yeah, like the Ruckline has been easy peasy lemon squeezy for years. You pick Gorn, you pick Grundy, you're set. You're, you're fun, you're off, you're happy-go-lucky. And this year it is uh, difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. <laughs> Um, and I am stressed to press lemon zest because this is not a good time, not having fun. And Tim English is probably the standout option, averaging 111, had a really, really good first round and then scored 99 this week. But Steph Martin still comes back into that side at, at some stage, you'd assume. And what impact does that have? I don't know. I'm not going to stick around and find out, I don't think. Um, Braden Pruce plays for the Giants. Leon Cameron is coaching the Giants. I don't want any of that. Rowan Marshall scored 67, and Paddy Ryder comes back next week. I, no, thank you. Uh, Jared Witts is coming off an ACL, and despite scoring, what, 130-odd in the first round, which I'll admit didn't see coming, was wrong on that, scored 75 this week, which I think is about where he's at, which makes a lot of money, but when you trade Gorn down to Wits, but does Wits make cash averaging 75 or 80? Not a lot. Sam Draper can't kick a football. Luke Jackson is very young and will have ups and downs. 
I'm scrolling down a lot here, and there's not a lot. Rally a Rally a Brian. Uh, Oscar Mac. Tom DeCon. Let's, uh. let's 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 talk about what what we're Eesh. gonna do. So I'm I'm a Max Gorn, and I'm gonna hold Max Gorn because I don't like any of the options available to me. I don't see anyone else in this list at this stage and say they are going to be a top four Ruckman this year. That person to me hasn't put their hand up yet, which is a concern. But if I was going to take my opinion of just holding Max Gorn and eating the cash loss, I guess, the, okay, I guess here's my question to you, Patch. If I'm holding Max Gorn, yep. I'm going to lose cash. Yes. So if I trade him to someone who's going to make cash, my end goal is probably to bring Max Gorn in yes. later on anyway. Probably. And in a year where everyone's going to get COVID and having a full team of upgraded players is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Does this help me get there? I define help because I, guess- I suspect cash flow will be a big, big issue for us this year. And if you can start that early, that's good. Um, if you can redistribute that wealth, um, then that's potentially a good move. But also, oh, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel, and you know, I, I think the yeah, you got to go. If you're going to commit to it, then commit to it. Because what I've done is I've gone, gone to your boy Paddy Cripps, leaving Jack Hayes at R two, which honestly makes me feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> It probably should. Who do you have at R3? Uh, Hicks, Hugh Dixon? Hugh Dixon. Um, so, okay. yeah, I don't feel great about this. I do have the big X, Tristan Zeri, up forward, who will gain Ruck DPPPP. The extra PPs are for their typo. What's the Simpsons quote? I'm lost. <laughs> What's that extra P for? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so Zeri could move into the ruck line to make cash and fill a hole come round six. Do I get to round six without screaming into a bucket? I don't know the answer and it feels really bad and I need at least another three days to digest all of the machinations and what's involved in that. But at this stage, that's either him or if you're confident in Proust going to Proust, I think they're the only two ways you really do it. Otherwise, you're taking a gamble on someone and you're just probably better off just sticking with Big Max and he'll come good and will be a top four ruck. Even if he you know, averages 100, that's still enough to be a top four ruck. But it is, it's a lot of cash he's going to bleed it on is the a way there. Cash. A lot of it cash. Is, and he's already going to bleed a lot of cash, break even 200. Braden Pruce, I'm not advocating for as a selection, but he will... I'm assuming, come into that GWS side, 21 disposals, 41 hitouts on the weekend in the VFL. I think if you're trading Gorn, if you're trading Darcy, you are picking a ruck forward. You're picking English, Jackson, or Peter Wright. Oh, no. Whichever one of those three players you think is going to be a top eight forward, and then your intention later on will be to bring probably Max Gorn back in. I think... You're right in having Zeri uh, in your forward line is going to be helpful because he will gain ruck status, but I think it's very ballsy to be laying your expectations on on on-field Jack Hayes, who is playing for St. Kilda, who I 
I'm getting bad vibes from. Oh, yeah. I've been getting bad vibes from St. Kilda since the replay of the 2010 Grand Final. Um, not, yeah, I don't love it at all. And I'm not going to sit here and recommend other people do it because I am just as likely to reverse it as, at this stage as I am to, to go through with it. But that's the current thinking. In, you know, yep. the thoughts rattling around my big old empty brain at the minute is that's what I'm leaning towards. Whether or not it's a good idea really does remain to be seen. And at, at this stage, I'm still leaning towards wanting Gorn Gorn because I think that cash is more useful elsewhere. And this is where we can start discussing, you know, what the vibe is this week. Are we looking to generate cash? Are we looking to jump on players that you know, we really want to bring in before they explode in price and become unaffordable? Do we want to get rid of guys that are underperforming? Do we want to make sure that your cash flow is set before you do anything else at all? What What are your priorities this week once you've looked at, at Taran Thomas and, and taken care of all your injury trades? Yeah, so I think the goal here, Patch, this week is you've got to maximize your cash generation that not, might not necessarily mean targeting just rookies, but what we need to do is target players who we know are going to generate cash over the course of this season or at least until over the course of, what, let's say, the next six, seven weeks. Until the buyers, yeah. Until the buyers. So there's a bunch of value picks which we will talk about, your Paddy Cripps, et cetera, um, your, I don't know who else is a mid price that's playing well. Isaac Heaney, Tom Green. There's a bunch of these guys that we will talk about, but their scores have happened, and you can't get those scores anymore. But so but, we need but, to look but, at them. But if yes, I trade, go on. but if I trade Cripps in, he's 162 sits on my field, and it looks like I've scored 162 points from him. I have done that at the moment, and it does look very it nice. Really it does look very nice. But right, he, he's like it's McRae, 142, Miller, 140, Clayton Oliver, 120, Lockie Neal, 198, with a big orange C on him, Paddy Cripps, 162. It makes me feel smart, and that's not a feeling that happens often. Well, and, and you know what? It would have been really smart to have him before he scored the 162. But we don't have him. So we've got to kind of – we can take we can definitely take stuff out of the roles these players are playing, out of the stats that they're accumulating, about how they're scoring. But what we can't do is take those points they've already scored. So our no, focus wanna. must be on cash generation. Um, the so let's start. Are, oh, fine. fine. Let's start with the rookies before we look at them – or the rookie players. Let's go 250K under. Or do you want to go 265K under so we can talk about Jake Bowie? Jake Bowie. Yes, let's talk about um, let's talk about Jake Barry. We'll start in the back line and start with just the players that are going to make cash because the well the players that are going to make cash aren't the ones that are all rookie priced. They're all players that are you know kind of that two hundred to two fifty k. So uh, if I can just adjust my my slider so that it includes Jake <laughs> Bowie, um, Bowie, 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 Bowie. Well- Let's um while you adjust, I'll we'll go through the names that everyone needs to have in their team. Yep. Paddy McCartan, yep. everyone needs to have in their team if they don't already. I mean, how have you even fielded a side because there's that doing? many missing defensive rookies? Break even of negative fifty eight, projected to jump sixty K this week, projected to jump a further seventy or eighty K through to the end of round five, scored eighty on the weekend, playing an intercept role, looking solid. You gotta no. have him. Mitch Hinge, some question marks over 
sort of his his health and etc. But 84 points on the weekend, break even of negative 28, averaging 67. He should see some cash generation, although I think it's capped just because of his starting higher price and uh, propensity to get hurt. But he's yep. someone we need to have on our bench. He's playing, and that is enough. That's just big tick. Lock it in. And then is it like Josh Gibkiss next? Yep. 171K, break even negative four. He'll jump 25K this week. And then eventually he'll be a slow burn, but should get, you know, by the buyers. We're hoping for like, I don't know, like what, 100 grand maybe? Yeah, if he gets to 270K, that is an absolute win. I'm expecting 250. That's enough. Really, he's more the warm body to cover a COVID round or cover things going drastically wrong at this stage as opposed to being a rookie. And I think they're the only essential players in the back line. <laughs> the, they are. They're the only essential ones. So that Joel Smith, good. 177K, he's averaging 50, uh, which is essentially Josh Gibkiss, but six grand more. And you feel like there's more upside with Gibkiss because he's younger, I guess? Maybe. I. Yeah, I don't know how Melbourne's defense is rolling together with a bunch of injuries that are that are happening down there. Um, bit, of, bit of a concern. Maybe. maybe I, guess, I don't know. I, yeah, sure. Maybe. Whatever. Luke Foley is another one people are discussing at 244-900, break-even negative 18, scored 63 this week in a decimated West Coast side. I just I don't even know if he's in that side when they're, all their players come out of health and safety. He's still in there, but whether or not he averages 40 or 70, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, has lent more towards that 70 side. I'm not overly interested or keen. Um, yeah, I think Bowie is the one that is of most interest. He scored 151 on the weekend, if you missed it. Um, Christian Salem uh, gone down, and Bowie looks like he's taken that role. And, oh boy, did he make it a lucrative one on the weekend. Um, he had 34 touches, 9 marks, took some kickouts, 18 contested possessions, which is nuts for kind of an outsidey midfielder, uh, outsidey halfback flanky role. Um, is it sustainable, Lek Dog? Well, I mean, it's as sustainable as Paddy McCartan, as Mitch McGovern, as any of these guys. It, the role is there, the execution can be questionable. So in the regular season last year, he averaged 61 across his four games. Uh, his first game, he couldn't get anywhere near the pill, and he's still – because remember, Christian Slalem went out very, very – almost immediately mm, uh, yeah, in that min- first game. That game. And Bowie, maybe the preparation wasn't there or something for that specific game, but he, he couldn't score for it. So he scored 58 super coach points. Then he comes back with a 151 against the Gold Coast in – some kind of rough conditions. If I was someone who didn't have any bench cover in defense, I'd be looking at trying to find a way to bring Jake, Jake Bowie in. But are you going to go from a Whitfield down to a Bowie? It feels very much like the Gorn down to uh, Brad and Proust conversation. Like yep. you're going to make a lot of cash to do it, but what's the end game here? Yeah, unless you're using that cash to turn a Mitch Owens into a Paddy Cripps, it's just yeah. I I you know I I love Bowie long term. I think he'll be a very good player. 
um, very consistent footballer as a super coach option. I'm yet to see the the proof in the pudding that he will be consistent enough to make the cash at that elevated price. I think there's the worry that he still averages just the 70 and is a very, very slow burn after this 151 rolls out of his price. Um, the more I think about it, the less enthused I am by him. Um, so I, I think I'll give him a miss at this, even with Heath Chapman, who's been you know underperforming um, a little bit. I, I think at this stage, I'm still just going to hold on to Chapman there. And I think they'll, they'll average about the same and save myself the trade. Um, yeah. Going a Whitfield down to him just feels real uncomfortable and a bit, Icky, you'll get some cash, sure, but it'll cost you some trade. Are you then. saying it gives you the ick? It does give me the ick. One thing I would say on defense, if you could get away with it, there is a couple of players who will become on our radar after next week, you'd presume. So like Nazaya Wanganing Malira had 53. Uh, Josh Shin, he only had 24, but you'd assume he'd get better. Nathan O'Driscoll started as a sub and scored 18, so that kind of hurts, but he might get named in the full side. Sam Skinner played 45 points defense forward. Declan Mountford, I don't think he plays a lot for West no. Coast as a top-up player. But no, the, the top-up players are in the system. Ignore them. Don't Yeah. Don't Don't, don't get sucked into those um, unless the, the clubs indicate like later that they're going to sign them in the mid-season draft period or the mid-season signing period, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, that's you know we'll discuss that down the line. Obviously, if it if it comes up, but very firm no on those top up players at this stage. In should we flick to the midfield? Um, yeah, we're going to have to, and this is where a lot of come. Well, are we just doing rookies? Because then we're going to need to talk mid prices. We're going to need to talk your Hewitts and and whatnot. Let's let's do let's continue with our rookies. We can end on the mid price slash underperforming premium debate. Yeah, yeah. Um, Players you need in the midfield, in well, in in my view, anyway, Jason Horn Francis, um, you know, break even negative forty two has scored ninety eight on the weekend. Negative fifty two. Negative fifty two. I maths numbers, all of that, all of the above. Um, get him in. He's he's very good, and if you haven't started him, you've got time to rectify that mistake. Nick Dacos, good at football. Enough said. Um, Dill Stevens had 95 on the weekend, really sliding into that wing role. And I think he's uh, a player you really need to try and get into your team there. Um, and I think Colin- I don't actually have Dylan Stevens. So if I was looking at him, I would have to upgrade. So upgrade a bench rookie. So I, I'm debating between him and a bunch of these names you're about to go through. Mm, well, then we go into, say, Connor McDonald, who I think probably gets a decent run at it. And I think if you don't have him, and, you know, you, you need to bring in a rookie price player. He'd be the one to look at. Josh Ward, though, Dog. Josh Ward uh, is averaging just the 45. Um, yeah. And he it's... looks slightly better on the weekend, 53. But he's break-even 16. At the moment, Supercoach only has him projecting to jump by about 10K round over the next few rounds. Um. I mean, I think him down to Stevens might be, for me personally, an option to look at, but it's hard. It just feels like I'm throwing away a warm body. And it, he might come out and not get named next week against the Blues patch. They might just say, no, nah, the Blues midfield's a bit uh, a bit stronger than we'd like and bring in a more seasoned body. They've got a few guys playing in the, in the reserves like Howe and a bunch of guys like that that are playing pretty well. Maybe 
that had honestly helped me a lot if he didn't get named. But if you if you don't have him or you do have him and you don't have the luxury of trading him, Patch, what do we think is going to happen here? Um, well, I think the you know he's not going to lose cash this week, so you get another chance to have a look at him. You you see how he's tracking. See, you know, if any other rookies pop up. Um, but I think, you know, the move is is to go to Stevens. I'm looking, as I said during my team reveal, I'm looking at Davies from the Gold Coast Suns, um, who's looked quite good in the first two games, um, and you know, has pretty much locked himself into that side. He's 202k. Um, scored the 66 on the weekend and had 99 in round one or 90 in round one, sorry, um, and plays very super catch friendly role. I think he's a good pick in the midfield as well. Um, Patrick Nash scored 90. We've spoken to how we don't really have a huge amount of confidence in the West Coast side at the minute, but um, I think he's a decent bet. Um, and then if you want to get into the discussion of uh, Will Brody in the midfield as opposed to the forward line, then uh, now's the time, I guess. I think Will Brody is pretty close to a must-have. His time on ground is still concerning. Spent a hell of a lot of that last quarter on the bench again. Don't really know what's up with that, but his points per minute are so high at the moment that he's still able to pump out a 101 on relatively small time on ground comparatively to uh, comparative to sort of everybody else. Um, he went at 70 points per minute this round and 80 points per minute last round. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that's he went at 1.4 points 80, per 80, minute. 80 points per minute. No, Holy that would, be, that, would, that, would, that would be a lot of uh, a lot of points per minute. No, that well, was his minute. It would also mean that he's only getting one point two minutes a game, which would be yes. very concerning. Well, no, he played 70 minutes and scored 1.4 points per minute. And then in round one, 80 minutes played and 0.9 points a minute. So he's he racks it up when he's on the field. There is still for me some question marks, but I think trading him in is a reasonable option. Him and Naish both give forward mid flexibility as well, uh, which, is, which is particularly helpful. Same as Josh Rochelle, who we'll talk about in the forward line. That, to me, if you're looking at these expensive guys, that forward mid flexibility just gives me a little bit more confidence than your man, Alex Davies, who's mid only, just because I know at some stage uh, something bad will happen and I will need that flexibility. Yep, I, I don't hate that either. Um, Jake Saligo, we thought, might be a decent chance. Scored the seven after coming on as the sub, which you hate to see. Um, not ideal. Um, and that's, you know, for, you know, we had Finn McGuinness, who's also forward eligible, um, has scored 40 and 45 both weeks. Doesn't look like he's going to get um, a huge run at it. No, he scored 63 the week before um, after a goal in the last quarter, bumped him up. Um, hasn't set the world on fire, not convinced he's best 22 um, for the whole way through the season. Uh, yeah. Um, midfield is not quite the gold mine I was hoping it would be. Mm. Well, the other guy is Jared Berry as well at $268,500, 67 round one, 76 in round two. Actually started tagging a little in the, not a hard tag, but was running with, I think it was Merritt in the second half a bit just to limit his effectiveness a bit. I think this 76 is what we expect from him. And at 270K, that's really solid. Um, I don't know. I don't know the maths one if he's going to make a hell of a lot of money. 
but it's solid on-field points. If we're going up um, to that price point, we're creeping into mid-price territory here. So this is not what we're going to do. But Jai Caldwell, a little bit cheaper than that. Um, with Merritt out, I reckon he'd be potentially top of the queue to slide into that role, who I forgot to mention when you asked me earlier. Um, 266K, scored 90 on the weekend, looked pretty good. Um, also a chance to get forward um, eligibility uh, when the round six thing rolls around. Could be worth could be worth a sneaky little, a sneaky little look in. Yeah, I guess the only question we have to ask ourselves with these 250-plus K guys... So how do we get to them? Yep. Who are we trading to get to Max them? Max so we... three of them. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Max Gorn, <laughs> two non-playing rookies, and bring in three 200K players. It's as yep. simple as that. Um, look, maybe. You'd, you'd said we need to get the cash gen going, and that would sure as hell get the cash gen going. Thomas Barrow, yeah, worth a shout as well, 260K, scored 100 on the weekend. Getting CBAs in that very good Demons midfield is nothing to turn your nose up at. No, no, and a guy that uh, Clayton Oliver flagged for us and Clarky yeah. flagged for us because Clarky actually started him in the end. So he did, very and impressive, and it looked bad after round one, but it looks good after round two. Yep, and uh, just look at us turning our nose up at two people smarter and more in the know than both of us. And who's Hang laughing on. now? Well, I don't know. Clayton Oliver didn't know who the Ruckman was going to be. So um, They are a fair way up. Like, turn your neck a bit. <laughs> he's up very tall. High. They're both very tall, and they jump. Oh, it's unfair, really. Jumping? All right. Let's push into the must-haves in the forward line patch. Jack Hayes, we've spoken about, because the ruck line we don't need to talk about. No. Tristan Jerry, Tristan Cherry, he's got 80 and 120, break-even negative 77, 208K, is going to get ruck eligibility, projected oh, yes. to jump 60K this week if you want him. This is the week to get him. Yep. If you don't get him this week, don't bother. Um, has looked has, has had the lion's share of the ruck. Todd Goldstein has been told down the forward line, mate. You're we're giving you a spell. Um, yeah, twenty four hitouts to Goldie's twenty. The changing of the guard is well and truly happening. Um, I don't know how, but even with Coleman Jones in the side, Coleman Jones is playing pretty much as a pure forward, um, which I think gives. Cherry a reasonably good run at it. He's, yeah, important to note that, you know, he played this weekend against Callum Jamison, I think, in the ruck, and Bailey Williams, who are, look, they're not the greatest rucks in the world. Um, and then round one was playing against Hawthorne, who were without big boy McAvoy, who was out with health and safety protocols and played against, you know, what, six gamer Ned Reeves um, after... Um, Max Lynch was concussed early in the second quarter. So basically had a free run at it in round one and then had a free run at it in round two. Will not average 100 and whatever he's averaging at the moment. No, he will not. He will average like 70 at best. So, you know, still make cash. Still, I think, a very good pick and one that if I didn't have him already, I would be targeting. But just be warned, he's not going to average 100 all season. No, no, and it, it'll be. It we'll quickly touch on it at the end, but he's being traded in for the following names: Lockie Whitfield, Max Gorn, Mitch McGovern, Dustin Martin, Jack Steele. We should shout out that Dustin Martin as well is did not play on the weekend. We don't know when he's going to play. He's out with some mental health things, so he is probably in the cannon 
for being traded out this round if you're an owner. Agreed. Uh, Nick Martin, we don't need to talk about because he is not on the bubble. Do not trade him in early, particularly if he's just had COVID. I don't know if he had it, but he was certainly out. Yep. Josh Rochelle, if you don't have him, you have to have him $185,000. Regress to the mean a little with his 58 on the weekend, but he's still going to be a fantastic selection for us. I think uh, Paddy McCartney, we've already spoken about. These these Collingwood boys patch, I don't know what to make mm. of it. Jack Ginevan and Bo McCreary. I actually really rate Bo McCreary, um, but I don't know if one or a couple of good performances make him and Ginevan super coach relevant. No, especially not. You know, surprising wins for the Pies as well, which I certainly didn't see coming. Um, but yeah, Ginevan scored 119 on the weekend and is now averaging 91.5. Bo McCreary scored 97, averaging 86.5. Both of them are, well, Ginevan's $199,900, McCreary $210K. Um, yeah, in a weird kind of nebulous zone. I've currently got Ginevan in. I've brought him in. Whether or not he stays in remains to be seen. But I think that, I mean, there's cash to be made there. They're really high on those midfield rotations and they're getting a lot of blokes through there as opposed to, you know, some clubs which are just having four midfielders and that's it. Um, so there's there's scope to score a lot of points in that side. Whether or not they can do it consistently, I think it might be for you know Ginevan. It would be a, a very short, quick, sharp rise potentially. Um, I don't think they're must haves though. If they're if you don't have them, it's not the end of the world. Nash, we've kind of spoken about as well as you know we don't know where he'll stand permanently, but ninety's pretty decent. Nine is very decent. Willie Rioli is doing his darndest to get suspended at 225k. Damo actually shouted him out preseason as someone we could look at. Um, just not someone I'm willing to take the risk on. I, I just don't know how much value this data from West Coast actually provides us. Stephen Ganigliog is in everyone's team, but if he's not in yours, you need to get him in. We're still there's none of these cheapies that are must have as patch. It's Hugo Ralph Smith scored 83 when he wasn't playing as the sub looked good. Charlie Kerno scored 113, kicked five goals. He was my lock preseason for the Blues to be the best selection of the bunch. But then he also scored about 40 in the first round. He actually scored 36 in the mm, first round. Not great. Um, and then Mitch McGovern's a very popular section, 240K. I think I'm in the camp of probably hold him. I think uh, if you didn't expect him to drop a 40, you probably weren't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, it's uh, it's very easy to knee-jerk and panic trade. I think he probably is better than most of the players you'd be trading him to unless you, you'd need a Rochelle or you need a, a Cherry or you've, you've there's someone you've, you've missed. Otherwise, I think you'd probably... Hold him. I don't think you trade McGovern to Ginevan at this stage. You, you hold the trade and no. address any other potential issues. Um, the other one at two seventy k, Archie Perkins as well is a name that could get some midfield minutes with Zach Merritt out as that classy smooth mover. I'm not doing it. I can't add. I'm not going to suggest doing it. But if you're braver than I am, why not? Why why not? I, I think I probably prefer Tom Sparrow at that price, slightly cheaper. But to be honest, I'm not touching either of them. I guess the the conclusion of this exercise patch is that there are no the must have cheap rookies. Everyone already has. Yep. Hayes, McDonald, etc. So unless you started with a bank of cash, we are gonna have to downgrade 
some underperforming premiums or some injured players to get in these cash-generating tools that are all around 200K. Don't like it. It's a new year. Don't like like it. it, But we're going to have to take a look at it. So... Under, uh, let, let's start with value value selections that people are looking to trade into their teams. These are guys like George Hewitt. George Hewitt is dominating. He is He's absolutely right. dominating. He's right. Um, in this uh, new look Carlton midfield, I think when Chera comes back in, Walsh played a lot more outside. I know like he had like 23 handball receives or something, I think Damo told us. So he plays outside. I think George Hewitt's relatively safe. I think it's Kennedy, Chera, and um, and Walsh that move on the outside more so than a George Hewitt. So at 400K, are you trading an underperforming premium defender like a Whitfield down to George Hewitt? Um, look, well, I mean, we sat here last week and said, don't trade your underperforming premiums. You pick them for a reason, like back them in. Um, don't, you know, don't trade them all out. But you asked me that question, and the answer is yes. Yes, I would, Kent. I would absolutely trade Lockie Whitfield to George Hewitt um, because Hewitt feels like a must-have with value. That 100K can turn, say you've got Mitch Owens on your bench, turn him into a cash-generating Will Brody maybe or or an Alex Davies or whoever it is. Yeah, yeah, I'd do that. Patrick Cripps, Patch, this is the first time he's kicked multiple goals in consecutive games, rounds one and two, averaging 147. He's unbelievable. I'm going to trade him in and break him. I'm going to do that. I'm just telling you now, community, are you going like a – I don't know who people have that's underperforming, but are you going like a Clayton Oliver down to a Patrick Cripps? Absolutely not. No. It uh, it would need to be somebody that is underperforming, and annoyingly, most of the midfielders are not underperforming. Um, people traded Jack Steele out last week because people be like that sometimes. Um, but I wouldn't be doing that with any of the any of the big midfielders. Obviously, Zach Merritt, um, dearly departed, God bless his soul. Zach Merritt um, would be a prime candidate to trade down to a Crips or potentially, you know, a Rowell if he'd rather go that way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, you, you're you're the one I should be at asking this is do we need to move heaven and earth to get Cripps in i know those scores are in the past you know he's you know that we, we can't get that 162 he's just scored because it's gone is he going to do it again like is he a must-have is he going to average 120 for the rest of the know. season that's i no, don't know no i need the answers like dog i need i, I, I need i, know. <laughs> I need this I'm, i mean I if we this. go through his career averages and you believe the fact that he's healthy Blah, blah, blah. I do. I do. I need to believe that he's healthy. Like so, 2015-96, 2016-108, 98-119, 2017-18, 93. We're at 147 right now. So there's three. He's about a 50-50% chance of averaging either 117 or 97. At this stage, it looks like he's averaging 117 for the year. At this stage, it does. He's getting freed up by George Hewitt. Adam Chera is playing inside a bit as well. All he has in the practice game in the first game, feeding it out to him a bit. Patrick Cripps is also, when he's going in and being the first one at the coal faces, they say he's got a lot more targets to hit to hit those handballs to. And you know what? They're actually structuring up with a decent uh, midfield structure, which is to the benefit of 
Crips and Walsh and they're all handballing and there's a lot of handball play. We had we I think we out handballed Bulldogs by like 40 or something the other day and they were second in the league last year for handball. So it's a completely different game style and he is benefiting from it. And I think there's relative safety because of his ownership number as well in trading him in. However, I'm not trading a performing premium to him. I'm not trading uh, Max Gorn to him. I know you have. Hello. I'm trading an injured player to him or, uh, I don't know, something else. I just I don't, I don't know the situation where I would feel comfortable trading a 600 plus play plus cost player to Patrick Cribbs and or Isaac Heaney for that instance. Yeah, well, I you know to to cut through I think the the answer to your question which you didn't want to say, but I from everything you said that's a, a pretty definitive yes, he's going to continue scoring well and we know that won't be 147 for the rest of the year, but everything is lined up that unless he you know, injures himself or there's a drastic change to the way Carlton are playing their football, um, which you wouldn't think there would be considering they're not playing badly. Um, I think that's a pretty definitive, he's a he's a very, very good selection. Let's but, do this inversely, Patch, because I do actually need to, to jump off the pod very soon. We do have a time commitment. We do. Um, let's do the inverse of this because I, I don't mind who people trade to this week if they believe they are good selections. What I'm worried about is who people are trading out. Let's, yeah. I'd, I'd love a quick yes, no from you on a couple Ooh, of these names. Oh, okay. Hit me. L- Lockie Whitfield. Yes. Max Gorn. Uh, you know what? My gut says no, but I've done it. So yes. <laughs> Dustin Martin. Yes. Jack Steele. Uh, no, I say not knowing what Steele scored on the weekend off the top of my head. 111 he ended up with. Oh, no, no. Cam Rayner. Yes. Tom Mitchell. No, what did you, hang on, let me He's decide. averaging 81, scored yeah. 82 and 80. Yes. Zach Merritt. Yep. Heath Chapman. Yes. Uh, Zach Bailey. Yes. And final one, Jade Egresham. Yes, I think, maybe, perhaps. I think I'm an. I think I'm a no on Jade Gresham. Scored uh, fifty one. Fifty one this weekend. Scored a hundred the scored week. Scored hundred nine last week. Um, I think. I think. I think he's going to be bouncing between those numbers. Yeah. Look, his, I, you're not consistency gonna... is not. He's going to be key. No, you you didn't pick Jade Gresham knowing that he would score 78 every single week. But that said, if you've got the capability to turn Jade Gresham, who will average 80, into Patrick Cripps, who, you know, based on everything we'll see, will average 120, I think it'd be a no-brainer to do it. Yeah. I think my gut feel is if you really think someone's underperforming, you can move them on. Granted, it allows you to upgrade elsewhere i think the shuffling is going to be in this 200 to 300k range where people might not have back in a mitch mcgovern but might wish they had a tristan zeri or something like that and yeah i i think the 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 core focus for me community is to maintain cash generation it just so happens that this year that requires their players being more expensive yes um on the flip side i know you've got to jump off very very quickly but um, players that people will be looking to trade in will go with a quick yes or no as to whether or not you should be targeting them this week if you've justified 
the reason to make a trade. If you've justified, no, I don't like this player. They're not scoring well. I want to bring someone else in. We'll do the quick yes or no through a couple of players that are doing rather well. Andrew Brayshaw. Yes. Ben Keyes. Yes. Alan Mills. Uh, 147 on the weekend, averaging 115. What's his He's like 600 and... 612. I'm going to say no, but just because I find it hard to believe that people have the cash to do so. Yeah, Luke Jackson. <sighs> no. Aaron Hall at 572. Yes. Oh, and he's going to do, yes. do a hammy. He's going to do a hammy. He's going to do several hamstrings. You know but that. But yes, nonetheless, yes. Tom Green. Uh, no, no, no. Leon Cameron. No. Jaden Short. Yes. Sam Doherty. No. Dan Houston. No. Not 93 and 140 something? No. No, because next week when he scores 75, we'll, um, you'll feel pretty shit about yourself. Oh, I will. <laughs> Joke's on you. I'll feel shit about myself anyway. Uh, <laughs> Matt Rowell. Uh, yes, 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 yes. And yes. then finally, Patrick La La Lapinski. No. No. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I just think I'd rather take Matt Rowell. Save some cash. Fair. Um, if if you have Matt Rowell, I'm sure there's nothing wrong with Lipitsky, but yeah, I just think he's going to be a bit more volatile. Fair. Fair enough. Um, community, good luck. Sounds like you're going to need it because I was hoping to get to the end of this podcast and have my trades sorted out. And guess what? That's not we don't, I, baby. I, oh, no. That's not what I have. That's right. not what any of us have. Um, hopefully, it's given you some tools to work through and figure out what trades you do want to make further down the line. Um, but Lake Dog, g- good good luck. Thanks, mate. Best of luck to you too. Thank you for joining me. Community, jump on the website, check out all of the articles that we'll be dropping throughout the week. Yep, make, sure, make sure you get your questions in for the mailbag pod. It's back. It's splendid. It's beautiful. Um, get your questions in to Damo and Clarky. Um, that will drop on a Thursday, I want to say. Something like that. Something like that. All right, community. Look after yourselves. Bye.